Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Critical Twits Gaming Podcast. Today we're focusing on how board games, video games and tabletop role-playing games create memorable relationships as you play. So, I'm Brian... I'm Aaron. And I'm Colin. And thank you for joining us for our 15th episode. Today we're going to talk about how different types of games foster relationships within them and some of our favourite relationships in the various games we've played. We're also going to talk a little bit about the theory behind gaming relationships and perhaps some of the problems that arise from the way that games treat the way that characters interact within them. Yeah. This is always very adult at this point. It is a little bit, yeah. We've had like the really childish um, YouTube gaming bit yeah. now, and now, now we'll turn the podcast into mature intellectual talking bits. This is the critical bit. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, I'd quite like to say that... It, it, I'd like to say it was Valentine's Day that spurred me on to want to do something to do with relationships, and we're only going to be, what, two weeks late? That's fine. That's all right. Uh, but it wasn't. No. It was actually playing Unravel. Okay. Which is a new PC, PlayStation. I can't remember if it's on Xbox One. I, I think it is. I kind of forget the Xbox exists. That's bad, isn't it? Well, well, good old Xbox. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, uh, playing that's a new 2D platformer that stars a little chap called Yanni. I think he's a chap. They call yeah. him a he. Well, yeah, okay. Um, who's made of wool. <gasps> and he unravels and travels around. And it looks like he's absorbing... Uh, Memories. Okay. Uh, you climb inside photographs, or kind of appear to go inside photographs, um, in order to play the different levels. The game starts with an old woman who sort of drops a ball of yarn that turns into him. Okay. And it's got this really nice sort of feeling of talking about family, memory, you know, the, the chain of memory, the unravelling of memory as you get older. Um, all seems to be a very strong theme within the game. Metaphors. Yeah, I'm not happy yeah. when games are trying to teach me things. That's <laughs> um, just not nice. Yeah, I don't want to to spoil the game or whatever. But it had me, th- it got me thinking about how games do relationships. Talk about families and um, mm. romantic relationships and friendships and things like that. Um, because it was very different. It was a very mature sort of take on those kind of things. Some people have called it pretentious. Yeah, uh, it's kind of split opinion. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. What did you think when you saw the trailer, Aaron? I thought it looked... I didn't see any of that stuff with it, but I didn't see any of the... um, No, I just saw a little bit of all the arm stuff. It reminded me of various indie games. It looked fairly... It looked really nice and quaint and endearing in a lot of respects for some reason. Didn't really see anything positive or negative about it, to be honest. I really want to play it now. I haven't heard you talk about it a little bit yeah. and seen it play through it's like, actually this looks like cool, quite fun I mean at its heart it's a 2D platformer yeah um, starring a little man made of string yes. and using the fact that he's made of string and he presumably goes all the way back to the house he starts on even when you're on like level 7 yeah because uh, he keeps on travelling down the uh, down the yarn um it's still that at its heart, but it has this dressing of memory. If you complete each level, you fill in a photo book. Mm. And the secrets are extra photos for your book. And the things that he collects... and oh, It nearly broke my heart when I was... Uh, it's not, not a huge spoiler. Again, you collect an item at the end of each level, just a little thing, and he puts it on the front of the photo book. And he finds like a little red fishing lure yeah. at the beach. 
and the way he hugged it close before sticking it to the to the little uh, to the book was really really sweet. Um, yes, yeah, and it was really touching in a in a way that games don't generally do. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, two two space marines bro fisting because they've just decapitated a space mutant <laughs> yeah, is is kind of as deep as most games relationships go. That's true. Yeah. Well, video game wise, we are going to touch on uh, role playing games. Yeah. Maybe a little bit on board games, but board games are tricky. So we then had a discussion about this, and uh, you came up, Aaron. We'll start with you. Oh. You came up with some other games that actually have a more mature take on relationships. Yes. So things that made me feel a connection or broach things somewhere. I think the first one I really wanted to talk about was uh, Digital Love Story by Christine Love. Yeah. Um, it's a little short, free indie game uh, where you play somebody browsing the internet in 1987. In essence. Wow. Yeah. So you're loading up bullets at the old bulletin ball systems. You have to dial yeah. in the numbers and things like that. It's um, a visual novel of sorts, so there's not m- huge amounts of interactivity. Mostly you just read messages, click links, or type in the numbers and stuff. Um, throughout the whole game, you'll be messaging loads of people on these boards as you're you know, learning to use the internet and meeting people and learning how to hack into things and stuff like that. Um, you'll never, ever actually type the messages you sent to other people at all you just get the replies back okay um, and you will particularly make a connection with one individual on a message board yeah which evolves into like a little mini love story as such yeah um, I don't want to reveal too much about it because again it's free and it's only a couple of hours long so people can play it and stuff but considering the lack of interactivity that was involved in the game I felt massively connected to a lot of the characters in it okay especially considering again considering I never actually said anything to them yeah but you got replies as if you'd said stuff yeah so like oh I liked your response on that that really made made me feel like things so your brain starts filling in the blanks yes filling in what you would have said yeah so you become that is it Mary Sue or Joe Bloggs or whatever it's called when you've got a main character who's got no personality traits whatsoever alright yeah it's supposed to just embrace you well, yeah. that's in essence what this has done. Okay. Yeah. But to a perfect degree, because you can only put yourself into that, because there's nothing else for you to process it from. This sounds a game about the creation of Tinder. A little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> sexy dating sim game. But, um, yeah, so obviously all the interactions and bonds you make with people are purely through text. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I remember being a lonely, sad youth... Who, oh god, this is going to get depressing. Yeah, no, it's going to get. To, no, it's not going to get too depressing. But as as a kid who struggled with social interactions mm. with people physically, stuff, I tended to make a lot of friendships, connections with people purely on the internet. So purely through text and messages and things like that. And this okay. reminded me of that a lot. Again, I was only with the game for a couple of hours, and even playing it through again the other day as a thing, I felt connections to the people in the game I was playing with mm. to the point where it came ended, and I was genuinely a little bit sad. Oh, that okay. stuff had changed or I'd lost stuff or you know all the things that happened in the game yes because the game is purely about the relationships you build with yeah. people but you're not doing stuff to build those relationships they're naturally occurring okay so they felt more normal what's the level of your interaction because you don't get to choose you can't just type anything no. presumably type- you've got a choice no 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 nothing at all you click reply to a message okay or you click send message. 
and then you, uh, when did you move forward? So, so where's messages. the game? It's you're exploring things. You have to um, find the information you need for the passwords for various bulletin board systems. Okay. The telephone numbers you need. The the codes you need to get through the long distance calls and things okay. like that. Okay. So it's a little limited gameplay. Okay. It's, it's, like I said, it's very visual novel. Yeah, sort of I'm, I'm not averse to that kind of thing. No, um, no, I'm not completely opposed. It sounds like Watch Dogs Valentine's edition. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me a little actually because um, I've not played that um, a game I played at Christmas time mm-hmm. called Emily is Away yes uh, which I told you about mm-hmm. before is this the one you showed us where you sit there typing away on your keyboard yes yes uh, that's exactly what I was thinking yeah, yeah. Fair, this is very much like that it's very so Emily is Away is available free on Steam right now um, and involves yeah it's a similar thing it's more than mid it's the early 2000s or late 90s. Yeah. Yeah, um, judging by the IM yeah. stuff, yeah. Um, so it's that kind of era, which was the era when I was a teenager yeah. and I used to try to chat up people I knew on the internet and fail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, by putting in wistful or hinting uh, screen names yeah 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 all those kind of things right um how culture has moved on now people just fish for attention via facebook statuses which is completely different um or just take pictures of the genitals and send it to each other go do you like yeah all right i'm too afraid of sending it to the wrong person Mm. yeah they're all the wrong person i've got got fat fingers i can't you know i can't guarantee i'm gonna press the right digit sorry mum yeah, Emily is away then. You you have more of a gameplay element in that you choose what you say. Mm. So you choose how you respond to things. And it comes up with... So you're, you're talking to a girl called Emily over in Messenger and you start off, you're in college. I think it's your final year. It's, what is it, you're American, you're a senior? Yeah. Yeah, um, last year. So you... You're planning on whether you're going out on like a end of year party. Yeah. And you're talking about your plans for the future and college and, and that kind of thing. And you can decide whether you're going to the party, whether you're not going to go to the party, whether you're going to be flirty or when she mentions a guy she's meeting, do you get angry or say he's a dick or do you say yeah. no? So you've got some gameplay in there and it comes up and says, Emily will remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some, some limited um, sort of branching not yeah. a lot but some of the branching in what happens and each sort of level I suppose is only takes four or five minutes you have to type as well yes. so you press any button you like and it's it like it message. comes up with the message that the character that you play yeah. um, is typing who is nameless um, well you name them you put your own screen name in yeah. and your name so she sometimes refers to you as your screen name sometimes as your name and things like that quite nice Yeah, nice touch each um level is a, a year so it moves things on a year and you go off to separate colleges and then you start to get hints of what may have happened in the year between and there's kind of a there's a romance there um so you don't have to, you, which you have some effect on yes um, and i really really enjoyed it uh, it was free took 20 minutes to play yeah um i'm a very fast reader though if you're a slow reader it might take you a bit longer yeah um but yeah, really, really enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was really good. So it sounds like a similar, yeah. Thing. And it was, it's exploring this, this kind of this theme of growing up, yeah, and the relationships that you you build and, and that kind of thing. Made me sad. Yeah, yeah. Is, say, is digital a love story quite sad? Yes, it does make it sad. I mean, it kind of explores the idea of making connections and falling in love with 
something that doesn't have a physical form in essence you know just who they are to yes. a certain extent an so, internet presence in essence yeah yes. um, and yeah I can't really say too much about spoiling it unfortunately but yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah that's the trick with these games is that if they're about relationships it's about the story of that relationship yes. and you say too much and you spoil it yeah. and you end up sort of hedging your bets I found with it that because although you've got feedback on stuff again because you're not inputting the information you're giving to them that you can develop that story your own way a little bit yeah you, know, you put in how you would react to something they get oh okay I've got that response so I would have said something like this obviously yeah it's nice to play these sorts of games um, we talked a bit about games growing up maturing becoming more diverse yeah, yeah. Um, and this is something I quite like um, I know that there are certain groups that aren't particularly keen on that sort of thing happening to games I would just say if you don't like that sort of thing don't play them and let us get on with it well it's simple as that I mean it's the same as movies and TV and any other yeah. art form you don't like I, I like going to watch something like The Raid where it's just a bunch of people kicking the crap out of each other for I, two hours yeah, yeah exactly but I also really like more in-depth intellectual films I like documentaries you know I'm going to yeah. pick those ones if I don't like them I just don't watch them yeah I don't like that sort of thing yeah I, I don't know. understand this defending games sacred space uh, defending what games sacred yeah. space that sounds yeah, really rubbish yes yeah, yeah. Well, I've put that politely because I struggled sort of, there for a yeah. second. I was like, no, don't say it. It's like there is there's no such thing as a sacrosanct game space. Is what it is. As long as you're interacting with it and doing something with it, and you're enjoying it, who cares? Yeah. Just to, let's just to talk more openly or in a wider sense for a second. Aaron, do you prefer in a role-playing game to be good or evil? Because that's how they generally break things down. I'm leaning more towards evil now. When I started, it was good. Oh, you were the goodiest two shoes that two ever shoes. did exist. Because that's the safer option when you're playing with people you don't know. Because you're still performing. At least for me, it felt like I was performing another side of me because I wasn't quite used to pretending yeah. to somebody else. So you're now being I'm a better version of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Now I much prefer being the evil version because I can explore things that I definitely wouldn't do or consider or think of doing in real life and see why people think that way yeah Colin um <laughs> evil but in a lawful way okay so for example um if we were playing a historical game I would play an inquisitor from the Spanish Inquisition so somebody that is completely and utterly evil but thinks he's doing it for good reasons yeah I like those kind of characters why I they're more interesting yeah I mean, if you think, you know, say, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Aragorn. There's nothing to him. He's a good guy. He's going to save the world. We like him because he hits things really hard. And that's about it. Yeah. But actually, it's it's not necessarily Lord of the Rings, but it's the bad guys in films and TV and, and books. They're always... They're reasons for doing the bad things, especially when they're justifying it that they're right. I yeah. find quite interesting because it makes you think, what happened to you? X amount of years ago that makes you think that wiping out an entire city for mm. example is a good idea yeah I, I tend to like to play an outsider character so I quite happily join you in your inquisition badness yeah if we were going somewhere where we weren't supposed to be yeah um, or I would play 
a new recruit or I would play the little orphan child that hangs around for the scraps. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I just realised pretty much every character that I play has been some kind of outsider figure. That's a good point. <laughs> now that you mention that, yeah. And I think it, it allows me to sort of stand off things and then explore them in my own way. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't start with a character that's got buy-in anywhere. I can choose what the character decides to buy into, what the character decides to uh, to get excited about or invest themselves in. You're like the amnesia character from JRPGs. It's like you're exploring yes. the world of brand new and you can kind of... Not, not quite. Because um, <laughs> one of our role-play group actually genuinely does almost want to do that every single time. Yeah. yeah. Anytime we do something new, um, James... Uh, says that he, he he likes to play those um, those sorts of characters, um, so he's often plays sort of an amnesiac characters. No, so that he doesn't have to do a lot of background reading, and he can again work out his relationships for himself. Yeah, I like to have a bit more of a perspective on things. So if I'm playing um, the street urchin type character, then I know I've got a hard background, and I want to make sure I'm safe. Yeah, uh, or I might want to go back and help people out. Or if I'm playing a character that's a hideous criminal and therefore stands back from that, I know that I'm approaching it from a "what can I get out of this?" or yeah, yeah. or such like kind of position, but still being able to sort of decide what I where you I can all the relationships between well, people, yeah, and things like that. Thinking about it now that you've you've mentioned that with your characters, I think about ninety percent of my characters have been idealistic, but the wrong way so they've always had good intentions yeah but they always end up doing the wrong things to go around them and that's most yeah. of my characters like I really like this and this is good and and then I end up I will kill you to protect it yes yeah <laughs> is normally what I end up breaking my poor characters being broken on the inside yeah I think it's quite interesting because I feel that some of the people I know the best are the people I do tabletop role playing games with mm. yeah because you get to see different aspects of their personality. And yes, it's a game and you're playing a role, but I always feel that whatever kind of role they're playing exists within them somewhere. Yes. Yes. I don't think you conjure... I would find it very hard to conjure up a complete change of personality, but I might take an aspect of my personality and really bring that to the fore. Yeah. Yeah, you play what you know. Yeah, yeah. to a certain extent. I mean, you can't be empathetic towards something without understanding it in some way. <sighs> Even if it's only a small format. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you might have... You want to play a violent thug. Well, you've had a fight once and you... There's a part of you that quite enjoyed that winning the fight moment. So you embrace that in the character to overplay that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's... To quite... understand why a character like that would carry on still liking that and not stepping away from it like you did. Maybe. Yeah. And something else... I mean, something else I've spotted with tabletop role-playing um, is that... Characters. When you've got a brand new set of characters, so everyone's created a new character. You're playing a new game or a new campaign, or everyone died horribly, yeah. like a mutant. <laughs> uh, happens quite regularly. You've got. I tend to find as your characters try to work out their relationships, you you end up with quite a lot of conflict to start with. Characters don't get on. You're not doing that. I'm not letting you do this. I don't want you to do that. Why are you doing this? Um, well I'm a knight of this place and I'm not allowing this to happen on my watch and then characters kind of even out 
over time. It's not with teenagers testing the boundaries. Yeah, and I think that's part of the getting to know your your characters is that they Mm. have more of that conflict and maybe verbal sniping, and then they find a pattern. Find a nice balance where they don't end up murdering one another, really. Does that reflect how real life works for you guys? (sighs) I don't necessarily think I'm as hostile as I am in (laughs) role-playing games. I think, like you said, we tend to overly push the boundaries. Like we want to see how far that character's willing to push somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And see where they are on the pecking order, almost, of things. Which, again, that kind of is very animalistic. I don't think I replicate that in normal life. At least I hope I don't. <laughs> but maybe I embrace that because I don't do that in real life. Yeah. I'm too willing to go, yeah, I'll be the nice one, okay, yeah, okay, I'll help out and do that. When really yeah. I want to go, no, shut up, go away. Yeah. And, and not really mean it, but, you know, push. Yeah. The things. Because I tend to find that when you're with new people, you're actually in real life, you're you're quite standoffish, yeah. or you're trying not to cause trouble, and yeah. you let things go, or yeah. you watch what you're saying. And then the more you know people, <laughs> the more your true personality comes out. That's how I feel. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't feel I can be myself with people until I've got to know them first. Yeah, so if I was an adventurer in, in an adventuring group in real life, everyone would be getting together, sniping each other, and I'd be keeping the peace or keeping out of it. Yeah. But possibly thinking, you guys are all dicks and I want to murder you in your sleep. Um, <laughs> what about you, Colin? Because you pulled a face when I said that when you meet new people that you kind of keep the boundaries. Yeah. And I know you're you're not like the rest of us. No, I'm, I'm not good at keeping boundaries. Sorry to everybody I've ever met. You're sitting in my lap right now, so... <laughs> Didn't you ask? Oh, I thought that's what that look was for. Um, yeah, I think in... In tabletop, I, I I think I tend to be more patient because, especially if I'm playing a, a weaker character, the barbarian in the corner with the axe that can cut me in two in a single hit, I don't really want to piss off. My yeah. character might want to, but I don't want the game to end <laughs> 15 seconds into playing. Okay, so there's actually more of a holding off for... Yeah, I think I try and sit back a bit and go, right, where's... Where's the limits of yeah. what I can say because the barbarian has an axe. In real life, most people don't carry around axes, so I don't mind saying things. <laughs> yeah. What's the most memorable role-playing relationship you've had? Could be a romantic one, could be a friendship one, could be with an NPC. Um, oh. Oh. <laughs> See, I've got two. Oh, okay. One, yeah, one less on my part. Well, you, you start and then we'll go around and you can finish off as well. Because yeah, yeah. I'm Fair still enough. thinking. <laughs> uh, the very first game actually I played with Colin as the, the crazy old man oh yeah this was only one session wasn't it yes we moved on to something else for that moment in time it was very much like oh no no I need to look after this person this person needs help yeah and it felt character appropriate I felt like I could develop a little bit of something from somebody who just madly said something to me on a shuttle on the way up to trying to go out of the way to defend somebody in a meeting room kind of thing yeah uh, I felt like I had in a very short space of time developed into something but yeah I think it was because it was a very memorable character you were playing a a complete lunatic an old alcoholic very outspoken oh that was the thing on my character sheet for my little secret it said I never knew how to drive a submarine (laughs) (laughs) you just told other people how to drive it think Captain Kirk could stick the Enterprise in reverse <laughs> could he he just sits in his chair and overacts yes <laughs> just surrounded oh by no him. we're going down 
<laughs> Just surrounded by chewed scenery. <laughs> Cost a fortune. Yes. I've got one. Yes. Because yeah. you look confused, Colin. I'm, I'm uh, going through all the characters I've ever played and going, there's too many. The yeah. um, well, I've got two, actually, I could talk about. One as a DM and one as a player. Oh, okay. do both. Um, as a player, uh, playing the character of Mouse who was a halfling cleric of the goddess of death, mm-hmm. but she was kind of the Church of England of death. Yes. <laughs> she was... Um, would you like some cake with your death? Uh, she, was very, she was very nice, because um, the, the death goddess in... This was in a 3.5... No, not 3.5, it was a Pathfinder game. The goddess of death in that particular setting is also sort of the god of, goddess of birth, so she was more a follower of the birth side... Yeah. that kind of thing but would come out with incredibly morbid things um, <laughs> just occasionally oh, happiest yeah. narcissist in the world yes. yeah. Yeah. so she I, 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 I liked playing that character because um, it allowed me to be very cute and twee and then very occasionally very 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 dark yes um, it did take her 12 levels to realise that the monastery she got kicked out of was followers of the evil side of the god, god of death <laughs> and she went oh that's why they oh we must go back there and, and sort them out uh, which I was hilarious made me laugh um, <laughs> character that she had an amazing relationship with I think it's because this took place over 10 or 11 levels was your elf yes that was that was <laughs> that actually changed my alignment yes <laughs> yep I went from true neutral to neutral good because mouse kind of convinced me that actually it was worth fighting for someone because I was just playing a um, bounty hunter basically who had a human bane bow because there was lots of bad humans out there and they were easy to claim bounty on um, and then ended up helping to try and save the world yes and in my mind um, there was um, we we were talking, and my my character was was so invested in this elf because I saw I felt well I felt that she saw the good in everyone, and you were probably the biggest bastard in the group. Yes, I was. So rather than reacting with sort of anger or conflict, it was always disappointment, and it was always <laughs> every time you did something horrible, it was a learning moment. <laughs> and she was trying to teach you the error of your ways. I actually felt bad when I murdered that dragon that was tied up. Yeah, oh, the one we spent an hour arguing about whether we should kill it because it was a red dragon and therefore it was always going to be evil. Yeah. And my, my, my stance was, no, we should train it, talk to it, discuss it, keep it, <laughs> make it a happy, bobbing, nice dragon. Yeah. And the alignment is malleable. And you got fed up with the ar- argument, didn't you, Colin? So you just shot it in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it did escape when I shot it in the face, in my defence. <laughs> Okay, it, it escaped, they knocked it out, and I went bugger this and shot it, but it still escaped in the first place. Yes. Uh, um, I felt really bad after that. <laughs> Mouse was angry with me for the entire session. Yeah, and that was remember, the only time she got angry with you. Yes, she refused to travel with me. Normally in our teleportation groups, I, I always went with Mouse, but she left me behind. And yeah. I had to travel with the rejects of the party. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad um, after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... I remember because we we were um, because we were constantly talking in character as these two different characters. Yeah, it felt like we were closer in the group. Yeah, and we got right up to it. This is a sixteen level campaign. Um, <laughs> it was the it was in Rise of the Rune Lords, the campaign book. Very nice. 
but we got right to the end and we're attempting to hunt down the big the big bad of the campaign we've been after for all oh, about 12 levels yeah about that a uh, long time probably 18 months in real life I'd say around every, that yeah every week every, we had a couple every... little gaps but yeah long long time playing these characters and we get up to the top of the citadel in the alternate plane that this thing lives in try not to spoil it too much but you know well it's been out for we went to its lair went to its lair and there were loads of portals that we were teleporting around and we got to what to me was very clearly signposted as the final portal I'm pretty sure it was the final portal and and our DM lied to us yeah and we're we're (laughs) we're about to go through it and this is like a life or death moment because A out of character I know it's the final fight in the in the whole thing so gloves are off yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, you, you can die, you're dead. Um, and my character quite fervently believed, didn't believe in bringing people back from the dead. As a cleric of death, you were yeah. given to, to death. She did it once, and um, there was all sorts of... There's a big side plot with it. Hmm. So she didn't believe in... She was like, if I die, leave me. Yeah. So she thought she might die. So she turned round to Colin's character, <laughs> looked him in the eyes, looking right up at him, because he was much bigger than her, yes. and said, if I don't make it, I need you to know that I have always loved you. <laughs> Embraced him and ran through the portal. <laughs> we all ran through the portal. It was like a really touching moment. Yeah. And then we were teleported back to the beginning of the lair. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking at each other in awkward silence while everyone else was laughing, absolutely yeah. laughing their, uh, yeah. their heads off. Not Mouse's half-brother, the giant human fighter that we had <laughs> that could probably kill me in a single hit. He was glaring at me, as I recall. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that was that's one of my most memorable... And that was memorable relationships from a role-playing. It really... It built up stage by stage, and it changed yes. and it adapted. And the characters yeah. were different because of it, which I thought... You know, a good relationship, a friendship, or um, another another half, or whatever, will change you throughout your life. And I could feel that happening to the character. Yeah, yeah, which was nice. Ooh. I like that, Colin. For me, it was another relationship between mine and yours. Characters. Oh. <laughs> this, this is a worrying trend. Um, I played. It was during our twenty last twenty four hour campaign we did. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I played a war cleric. Oh yeah, was um, obsessed with fighting. Really wanted a good old-fashioned throwdown. Actually, think Spartans crossed with the Scottish. Nice. So, just really wanted to die, but in as heroic way as possible because that's what the God of War would want. Hmm. And Brian played a noble's daughter. Yes, who acted tougher than she actually was. She yes. was. She, she spoke a, a you know a. a a good game but really when it came down to it she, she wouldn't harm a fly but I felt quite connected to his character not in a romantic way but in a because I was playing a much older character I think mm. I was in my late 50s and you were what 17, 18? Yeah very young um, but I felt connected in an almost father daughter because yeah. she spoke this good game of yeah I'm going to save my village and I'm going to go kill these whatever we were fighting werewolf people as far as I was concerned yeah something like that yeah um, <laughs> And the first time she actually killed someone, 
horrendous look on her face because she essentially stabbed. We were using the World of Darkness system, which is much harsher, harsher yeah. than Pathfinder. It's not really, and she somebody. stabbed something through the neck. Blood everywhere, bits of its throat. I think its tongue fell out through its neck. It was a nasty, nasty hit. So nice. she's there, shocked on the floor. And I just remember how proud I was. <laughs> just going, yes. This is, I have a companion. I have someone to share my tales of glory and death and blood. And actually picked up the body and started dancing around it, going, <laughs> look at this, you've actually cut the windpipe. Yeah. Look, opening its throat up so she can see, going, look how deep this cut is. Yeah. It's amazing. You declared it a work of art. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and uh, wanted to carry on adventuring with her because obviously she was a, a, a worthy candidate to, to follow a cleric of war. Um, yes. And that was one of my favourite relationships, yeah. just because I got to almost try and train her. I don't know whether yeah. I was successful, whether she was just completely repulsed by everything I said, because I, I believe at one point, when we were first captured, I, de- I declared that it would be all right. I'm pretty sure we could take them with only a 70% loss of the total villagers. <laughs> <laughs> and that was good odds, as far as I was concerned. 70% of you will die. But thirty percent will live as free men, <laughs> mostly free men, because it's the women that are going to die. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was quite that was quite good. I liked that uh, character. Yes. Do you have another one? Yeah, twenty-four hour campaign. All oh, right. Yeah. The one before that that I was actually at. Um, it was the one that was kind of a fantasy Wild West almost setting. Oh, the fantasy! Oh, yes, I remember that. And it was um, Brian was DMing for this one, and um, we came across a keep on the way to one of the other barons' villages, I think. And we got attacked. We did. By a random assailant uh, charged in bravely as I was playing this uh, prototypical knight. Uh, we were in an era where guns and stuff had become more acceptable, and that was a coward's way out as far as my character was concerned you fought like a man hand to hand that is as a very sorry Andrew interrupt you but we were playing a fantasy cowboy setting yeah. so people had guns yeah there was what five of us in the group yeah only one of us carried guns yeah yeah the really? rest of us all went with swords yes. <laughs> you were meant to be gunslinger you were I, I, I specifically yeah. designed my character around the fact that all the rest of you'd have guns and I'd be this weird outcast which is exactly yeah. what I did I ended up being, <laughs> yeah you end up being this completely basically normal character and it's like oh, okay fair enough but yeah so we got um, got this keep got attacked charged in and it appeared that we were being attacked. there was a, obviously a big gang in there so I was prepped up for a fight charged in and there was nobody in the keep um, we walked around it and found there was just a little boy hidden in the back of it who'd been taking pot shots at us to try and scare us off oh it was yeah home. this poor orphan boy oh the orphan boy own. oh I'd forgotten about him and um, I remember my character you know talking to him as I convinced him to you know, stay put and we'd look after him and he could join us and yeah. things like that and making a connection with him and yeah because your characters were not that much older than him and no. were away from home for the first time mm. yes we were very homesick and yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, um, so, yeah it was quite a, quite yeah. a good connection there. yeah it was like it was a typical chivalrous action sort of thing. Yeah. I know he needs he needs looking after. He's a strong lad. He can look after himself I, and things. I really you know really connected with this. this yeah, I got I was the looking forward to having coming along on the adventures as a character. And yeah, I got the impression that you really wanted him as a squire at some yes, point. That yeah. was it, to exactly raise him out of the dirt. Yes, yeah, um, and to put him in my position to carry on the uh, trend of knights over guns. Yes. And oh, then, yeah, your character was a throwback, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. 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 So and then. 
and then he got quite horribly murdered <laughs> that night when we went to sleep. Yeah. And my character went for this kind of naive, you know, we'll, we'll win the battle kind of attitude. We're, we're, the, good, we're the good guys, they're the bad, bad guys, guys, therefore we'll win. To this dark and angry, I'm going to fucking murder everybody kind oh, of... we did. It was the instant charge out after... Because one of the other characters left. Yes, one char- of them... Sorry, ch- charged off to... Well, they had another agenda in it, but towards it seemed like they'd been the one that murdered him. And yes. That, yeah, they did. They were actually. I mean, we, this was a twenty-four hour charity role-play game, so the the guy who was playing the character was absolutely. Oh yeah, bless him. He was exhausted. He had no sleep the night before because yeah. he travelled down from Edinburgh to Peterborough. So yeah. what a million miles? About uh, seven-hour journey. Yeah, in order to play this to help raise money, and <laughs> the poor guy was a zombie. So we yeah. were like, you know what, just. Yeah, so he, he went off. But yeah, it was deliberately kind of timed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was It was uh, well-timed. It was um, well-timed, yeah. But yeah, my character felt, you know, <sighs> massively changed by that, that interaction. <laughs> Even though he'd kind of, like you said, he'd found a squire, a young lad who needed looking after, but was strong enough to do his own thing. Yeah. Mm. So I was then got brutally murdered behind me. I rem- remember your characters, actually, the first thing they did, because you, you hadn't really been in many fights apart from when you'd been attacked. Yes. You then stormed into town and started shooting the place up. Mm-hmm. We went to the, the barn and we wanted horses because we were going to chase after. <laughs> yes. And I revealed my hidden blade of death and doom and destruction and just threatened and... Uh, this poor barmaid with it and went give us horses now and then we ended up murdering half the I think we set fire to the um, yeah, to stables see, I think on our way out yeah we did yeah. We, we yeah. Burned. Uh, see I wasn't bothered that the kid died but I was bothered that you were bothered it really really angered <laughs> me that you were upset by it and yeah. I went nobody messes with my companion right let's go murder yeah. everybody yeah. so yeah just, just in there a bit of a, a DM tip that what I'd done with that game had got you to make childhood friends. So your characters yes. had pre-existing relationships. They weren't just strangers. And it removed a lot of the actual sparring. And yes. when the characters said something horrible to each other, it wasn't, I am a knight of the Honourable Order of St. Margaret's. How dare you say that to a St. Margaret's man? He must die. Um, <laughs> no, it it's like... Oh, shut up. Yeah. Yeah, it, it becomes, to put air quotes in, a bit of banter. Um, <laughs> it just becomes people joking around. Yeah. It's, it's friends. Yeah. And I've had good results with that kind of thing, building pre-existing relationships like into that. the group uh, already. Yeah. So you're not five adventurers that meet in a tavern. You are the adventuring company of whatever, and you did this before, yeah. and now you're making your fortune and you're moving on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that works quite nicely. I do have one more. Okay. And this is for an NPC. Cool. But not a good relationship. No? This is an abusive relationship. Okay. And I'm looking at Brian because this was Brian's NPC. (laughs) And it was an extremely abusive relationship and I loved that character. (laughs) It was in a... Um, uh, another fantasy campaign. Um, It had the Inquisition in. And I played a character called Know How. Yeah. We've had stories about him before. And uh, it's, it's the campaign where I accidentally killed half the party. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. But my handler within the Inquisition, because I was just a, a, essentially a snitch. So it sounds like a dog. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a snitch pretty yeah. much. Uh, my handler was a trainee Inquisitor, an acolyte, uh, called Bartholomew. I love Bartholomew. He was an amazing character. He was a complete <laughs> sadistic prick. 
the cam- part of the, the campaign that we were supposed to be doing is they were this cult were kidnapping people. Yeah. And Bartholomew, who was always he always kept threatening me. It was do this or I'm going to end up, you know, throwing you back onto the streets where I found you. Um, but that was fine because he paid me. But this this part of the story, uh, we were hunting down a cult that was kidnapping people. Turned out they were trying to summon demons. Bear in mind, demons hadn't been seen for 500 years and were demons in the biblical sense. So it's kind of a demon would show up and rip the entire city apart. Very, very hard. Um, At that point, our party were banished from the city because people can't keep their mouths shut. But we told Bartholomew about what was going in the hopes that he would stop it because we knew what was going down and we knew when it was going down but we couldn't get back in the city so yeah. it was like alright we'll, we'll tell Bartholomew he's, he's, a, he's an acolyte he's a man of the Inquisition a man of God he will um, he will save the, the city and then the next day we heard explosions coming from the city and what had happened is is they were successful demons had been summoned they had created a, a, a gateway to hell um, something like three, four thousand members of the city were slaughtered in the in the chaos. Lovely. But Bartholomew, when we met up with him, he, he came out into the the, outs, the kind of shanty town outside the city. He was yeah. now Inquisitor Bartholomew, because Inquisitor Bartholomew had managed to rally a group of soldiers, defeated the the cult who summoned the demons, and basically was this massive hero. Because what he'd done with the information we gave him is instead of stopping the demons being summoned, he let the demons get summoned, then with all the knowledge of the pla- their plans, defeated them, looked really fucking amazing because, hey, I've just walked in and saved the day yeah. just like that, and so got a promotion out of it, <laughs> which is entirely what he wanted to do. And when his character essentially said that to me, I just went... You are the greatest character to ever live, and actually started my know-how's kind of journey to become an inquisitor himself because that was absolutely amazing. Stab me in the back, genius! I was thinking it was just like, yes, that's an all right thing to do because he justified it as going, well, now I have more power, which means I can save more lives, which is God's will. Which your means to an end type character went. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And yeah, yeah. he broke my nose during that conversation because I, I backjatted him. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so that was my abusive relationship with a, with an NPC who I ended up deeply respecting. And at the end of the campaign, joined the Inquisition as his acolyte. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed playing that character. Oh, Bob was amazing. Yeah, because he was just a horrible person, <laughs> driven by the greatest of ideals. Hmm. Power, yeah, but for for what he felt was the uh, the greater good. good. Yeah, that character he, might have started off my trend for all other characters I play. Not well, power yeah. based, but the complicated. Hmm. His hmm. feeling was that if anyone else was doing their job, they would have caught this plot. Yeah, so he was obviously far better than them, but he was subservient to the, to them. So he needed to put himself in a position yeah. of power to. Um, and there was a he was a, a human. And everyone else was Azimar, so angel-blooded. Yeah. So there were no human inquisitors until he did that. Mm. Oh, okay. So he used it as leverage to get humans into the Inquisition. Uh Yeah. Ooh. 
Yeah, he was an acolyte, but yeah. normally that was the highest he could rise. Yeah, yeah that was about as much right as he was going to go. Yeah, so yeah. there was there was all sorts of things that he inter- was doing, loads of interrelationships yeah. that kind of I mean, played off. The right. rest of the party hated him because of that. <laughs> I really liked him. Yeah. I, I very much. He was he's has been one of my favourite NPCs. Um, so we've talked a little bit about how tabletop RPGs foster relationships. Yeah. What about RPG video games? Ooh. They're under a lot more restrictions. Yep. Because they require programming all the different routes into the Yeah. The dynamics can be a bit more difficult to portray. Yeah, I think it depends on your uh, on what type of RPG if you're playing, say mm. open world RPG such as Skyrim, there isn't relationships. No. Yes, there's a necklace you can put on, and you can marry the first uh, at the first settlement you go to. Oh. You can marry her because you get a share of the wages. But the, what does that, it mean? That happens in so many games, though. Even when you get to the more complicated ones, like Bioware's relationship stuff, where you'll have a conversation with somebody, they'll tell you hit the history. Yeah, they'll ask you to help with things. You'll talk with things like you can generally win them over by throwing shiny things at them. Yes. Oh, Fable's the worst for that. Oh, yeah. That's Let's talk about Fable's relationship. I farted in front of you fifty times. You really don't like me. Here, have some cheesecake over yes. and over again. Now you love me. Yes, Yay. now you love me. That actually sounds a little bit like my Valentine's Day because <laughs> I made the most amazing toffee cheesecake. Um, I say this not to toot my own horn, but as a man who has invested a large amount of his life in the uh, pursuit of confectionery excellence. <laughs> failed and then accidentally fluked the most amazing cheesecake because I accidentally the day before ate most of the digestive biscuits for the base (laughs) and had to use a caramelised biscuit and um, use that instead and it made the base both crunchy and sweetly delicious ah ooh critical to its top tip there yeah oh I could do a recipe couldn't I yeah get the old steady cam out and, uh... <laughs> the difference is is in, in hopefully your girlfriend was impressed with your random culinary skills yeah but in Fable you get a yay I like you followed by you've married her a quick cutscene couple of kids pop out maybe an STD a couple of STDs <laughs> And then the plot carries on, and you never talk to that woman again. I've just had a thought. Oh dear, that's a bad sign. Either Fable was terrible at uh, indicating how relationships actually work when you you know interact and Talking. develop a relation, yeah, talk with people and understand the history and who they are as a person. Yeah, or it understood how Tinder was going to work because that's basically what yes. that is. Go, yeah, okay, I'll sleep with you. Cool, done. That's a good point. So it might. I actually like be- your picture. I've talked to you and you're not a lunatic. Yeah, it, it's... It, well done, Peter Molyneux. <laughs> Thank you very much for... Peter Molyneux, accidental genius. <laughs> um, I hate the Fable games with a passion. Oh, yeah, I, I can't stand them. Um, they are festivals of crap masquerading in a shell of over-promised oh. um, what could have been. Now... I never got caught up in any of that hype. Did you not? Nope, I never heard a fucking thing about it. It's not just hype. It says things on the back of the box that it doesn't do. Thankfully, I... Your decisions change everything. A massive world to explore. You mean, if I go to this loading screen, I have a linear path to walk down with some very nice trees either side. No. No, yeah. I played Morrowind at, the, at that time. I, I yeah. played Morrowind. It's like that's open world. It's, this it's is not open. My world. first RPG. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Light diet. 
Yeah. With the without cream, soy latte. Yeah. Good and evil boiled down to ridiculously <laughs> evil even cartoonishly the evil. The candorel of RPGs. Yeah. But even the more ones that portray more complex sides of a coin. Yep. Don't venture that far from that fable template. As much as I hate to say it, because I love Mass Effect, Mass Effect does fall down this hole as well <laughs> with the whole Paragonal Renegade choice button. Put on a conversation. E- yes. I will be normal, I will be Jesus, or I'll be Satan himself. Yes, I mean, that does. But what I like about it is, say, the evil... Right, this has always been my argument with good, evil decisions when you are playing a character who is going to save the world or which is how most rpgs start yeah it always comes down that you will eventually save whatever kingdom world that you're in yeah even if not for the first 20 hours then for the next 80 after that Yeah. yeah um the evil option they never come across as really evil because you're still going to save the world yes the whole point of an evil option should be the easiest way out. Yeah. So, for example, on your many journeys to slay the evil dragon of doom that's going to wipe out the town, oh, yeah, a girl wants her cap down from a tree. Now, the good option would be to go and get a ladder, climb up the tree, talk to the cat nicely while you, you know, pick it up gently and carry it down, and then the girl offers you a reward, and you say, no, that's fine, you know, keep your money. Yeah. The neutral option would go up the tree maybe grab the cat a little bit more roughly but you know get it down and then take the reward the evil option but still the good option because you are playing a good guy would be alright and throw a stone at the cat so it falls out the tree better analogy pick up a little girl take her money from her and throw her at the cat <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go you've so reunited with the cat and walk off it's so not doing yeah, if I want, you said you wanted your cat back you're together now yeah. <laughs> it, it's not necessarily doing an evil thing it's about doing something really easy um, for a massive uh, Mass Effect example can I the... just just ask you a quick question before you get into Mass Effect have I ever thrown a rock at a cat well, why, why do that half your stories end with something terrible happening to a cat I don't like cats there you go just said that on the internet yeah, all well, of Facebook will come after me we now apologize. we we love me and Brian love cats you do so it's okay we, we counteract it no wonder so. Colin doesn't know what's happening on the internet because the internet is 90% cats yeah I know yeah. that's why I don't follow it it's your confusion um, but yeah Mass Effect Sorry. for an example there's a Mass Effect mission um, in the third game where you have the opportunity to get loads of pirate fleets to yeah. join your your motley crew of of Everything in the Everything universe. In the universe. Yeah. Um, but one of them is one of the CSEC officers, essentially space police, are stopping their ships, raiding other ships to get supplies. Yeah. And he's made it his mission to kind of stop that happening. Now, the good option is to go and find a trade agreement so he can get supplies elsewhere so that they can carry on raiding supplies. Yeah. And then everybody's happy because the CSEC officer's got the really nice weaponry that he can't get hold of because you've set up this nice trade agreement and they can carry on raiding whoever they want and everybody gets weapons. Yeah. The evil option is you just get on the phone communicator, whatever it is, and go, yeah, just kill him. Yeah, cool. Which is exactly what I did because I went, he's idealistic and he's not budging and I have a galaxy to save. Take him out. Now, what I did is still considered a good thing because I'm saving the galaxy. You're looking at things at the greater good rather than the rather than the yes, rather than the immediate good. Yeah, he was stopping me, and 
when it comes to a massive galaxy at war where all of creation is at stake, having ideologies is is not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. But you're still restricted to those two paths. You can go down the middle, but nothing really happens. No. And if you want the relationships to develop in Mass Effect, you have to go down one route or the other. And you have to say exactly the right thing at exactly the right moment. Yes. Or you have to give people things or, yeah, do, or do something things for them. for them. There's no spontaneity to the connection you will feel within no. the characters. I like the relationships. Hmm. I like the long-term development of some of them. Oh. Tally particularly, because yeah, this is such a taboo because you could kill her and things like that about... Yes. interacting with her in any genuine format sort of thing, connected with her physically, you tend to make a bit more of an actual, what it felt like a genuine connection with her throughout those games. Mm. Yeah. Um, Otherwise like it just seems like, yes, you have flirted with me three times and completed my side yeah. quest. Let us now be naked. Yeah. yeah. And that's how a lot of games seem to break down. If you say the right thing, yeah. act yeah. in the right way, yeah. and do stuff for someone or give them things yeah. or in some way do what they want you to do yeah, or what you think you they, you want them to do your benefit is a relationship and it makes it feel as if love is something to be bought yes no offence to that but isn't that kind of all relationships in real Ooh. life as well, well <laughs> not, not, not degrading anybody from any gender here but if you say the right thing do the right thing and kind of be who they want to be you can get a relationship yeah, no, it no. is, no, it is no, possible oh to manipulate another person oh, yeah. we've got people yeah. like I mean that. yes they're, they're, I will say computer games are far easier because it's press X to say that you have it's, it's a psychopathic tendency yes surely, um, there, there, yeah, surely there has to be some kind of spark there something beyond just mm. this person is nice to me because you guys do nice things for me most of the time yeah. well yeah we've never had sex because that's not the way we're wired I know no. it makes me so sad but, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah so, yeah, but so I mean, it, it seems to me it's just, it seems to be perpetual. I suppose games in a certain way are a wish fulfilment. Yeah, yes, it's all a power fantasy, being something or somebody yeah. weird. In the same argument. sense that you could pull a trigger and blow somebody away really easily, you want to be able to develop a relationship with somebody really easily in the game. Yeah, you yeah. want to be Things someone want to be streamlined and quick. You, if you're being rejected in real life, you don't want to play yeah. a game and get rejected in that. No, um, but it just seems to me it makes it makes relationships too transactional. Yeah, they feel see. I'm not normally fussed by relationships in, in games. People, the, I will quite happily sacrifice any character at any point to get what I want because I tend to play psychopaths. Yeah. But I love Mass Effect for its relationships. I think they're amazing. Yeah. I was a dick to everybody in that game. I, I played my char- I, the same character through all three games and I role-played in a particular scar- style that went... I will ask you something I will ask you nicely. If you don't do it, I'll shoot you in the kneecaps. Okay. If you don't do it again, I'm going to murder you and everybody you've ever spoke to because that's how I played it. But I was always nice to my shipmates because that's important for morale. Yeah, I was saying (laughs) I felt genuinely connected to half my crew. Yeah. Um, I was in a free game relationship with Liara. Yeah. Yeah. I'm monogamous even in... Okay, so in the wish fulfillment but, world, basically, what all you really ask for is that she's blue. 
<laughs> yes, yes, I do. Physically and metaphorically. Yeah. No, I will agree with you on that point. I mean, especially Mass Effect 2, because the end mission is kind of a suicide mission. And unless you've done everything perfect up to that point, it's very easy not to. Yeah. You'll lose people. <laughs> and the writing is very good in the game, so you do feel a little bit of a spark and connection with characters you've interacted with in various ways. I hated the ending of that game so much, because most of my crew died, that I loaded a 15-hour-old save and replayed. Yeah. Well, that's because you're rubbish. Because I didn't realise that there was a timer ticking down. Once, ah, once it says yeah. you need to go and do this, I went. This is a computer game. I'll just complete all the yeah. side quests. Uh, oh, um, so I completed the game the second time with a much lower crew, a much lower level crew. It's much harder, but everyone's fucking survived. Yeah, and I was like, yes, yeah. yes, all of mine survived. Yeah, same here. But there was a genuine tension during that entire scene because I knew yeah. they could die. And if I yes. picked the wrong moment, if I put the wrong person in the wrong position, I'd killed them. Yeah. It wasn't a, well, this is an arbitrary thing, a game has killed this character, because that's, yeah. that's determined by the script. That felt like I'd made that decision. Yeah. So that was quite clever writing in that respect. Yeah. What gets me is that, I mean, in Mass Effect, you pick up, you always pick up the same crew. Yeah, well, mostly. Crew. And yes. I don't understand, if you're playing the Paragon, why would Jack be in your crew? For instance, so you've got a psychopathic murdering killer nut job um, in your crew. Um, she, she is horrible. She is horrible all. to everyone. She threatens to murder everyone. That's you just wouldn't have her in your crew because it's in the plot. Yes, pick her I up. mean that's the thing. That it, her character develops. Yeah. yeah, in the third game, she yeah. is a teacher obsessed with protecting her students. Yeah. And yes, she's still a psychopathic killer. I mean, you don't get her in the party. You go and rescue her without realising that it's her going yeah, to be yeah. there. And she still rips everything apart with her bare hands. But uh, there's this... Th- there's yeah, history. there's a noise. If you change, but I just I just went, you, you do not fit. You shouldn't be on this ship. I, my character would not have you on no, this ship. But... I'm never going to talk to you. I'm never going to do anything with you. You just sit in the corner looking grumpy and kicking For, your heels. Well, yeah. well, it depends. Because, I mean, with two... Most of the time, you're given crew. It's like, no, you have to. You need this person to be able to do this. Yeah, and it's so all about the you're final doing mission. This, yeah, it's like the first game. Oh yeah, you know, I, I used her, and then I was like, I, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the first game was all about you being the paragon. You could be the renegade still, but it was still about being the good guy. Renegade. Yeah, even if you were a renegade, we're still doing good guy, good guy. Things. Oh yeah. The second one was about you being the renegade even when you were doing good guy things. Yes, because you were still doing slightly dubious stuff because you needed to because there was a bigger picture involved. Yeah. Which involved taking on people that you maybe wouldn't have considered before. Yeah. Now, if you'd followed, a, if you'd interacted with the character loads or followed a Paragon route, there's a reasoning, a history, and everything else behind why Jack is like that that makes you go oh, horrible history. Yeah, mm. like I, I kind of understand I was, why she's I did, like that. I did, did talk to her enough that she didn't die at the end. Yeah. And I was yeah. a paragon when I played through yeah. Mass Effect yeah. 2. And see, when I did the Renegade playthrough... I just I was like, I don't care. You're a horrible no. person, go away. Yeah. See, for me, I felt... I really liked her. Yeah, I really liked okay. her. So the more, the more I interacted with the more I went, no, it's like you with your... Okay, this is an evil character that's doing it for what they feel is a good reason. Yeah. And when she justified herself, I went, what you're doing is still wrong, but I can kind of completely understand why you felt you needed mm. to do these things. I and s- then when, like Connor said, in the third game... She's kind of not. I'm not going to say redeem herself in his lessons, no. but she's gone. She's that wasn't the right purpose. way of doing things. I know how to help yeah. other people now. I just sometimes feel with role play games, going all the way back to like the old isometric PC role playing games, all the way up to say Fallout Four, which has just come out. Yeah, well, relatively speaking, um, you they, they seem to want to cater to all play styles. So there's a set of companions for yeah. the good guys, a set, yeah. a set of companions for the evil guys. Yeah. 
and there's kind of some in the middle that you could have in both and the evil side always seems really underdeveloped and they all a lot of the bad guys just seem sort of over the top and comical and a bit yes, stupid this, this is the problem they, it, yeah. they keep boiling it down to this is a bad person therefore it's a murdering psychopathic lunatic yeah not maybe has a tragic backstory but is still a murdering psychopathic lunatic yeah. rather than the one going oh you just stole from that person that's ah, alright we need to because we're on a top yeah. secret mission for, with life and death so it makes sense there's very little ambiguity yes yeah. there's yeah. not a lot of grey what I will say is a game that does do it fairly well yep and I know you don't like it too much because you played it and disliked the game a bit, but Alpha Protocol Oh, I thought that was like a fart in the bath. No, uh, both incredibly clever with its relationship Uncomfortable and slightly piquant. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I wanted to love that game. Yeah. I gave that game every opportunity yeah. and then I gave it away to a friend because he stayed around and played it all night yeah. and I came I came out of the bedroom in the morning and he was sit with the bloodshot eyes <laughs> um, tears drying on his face <laughs> spit hanging from the corner of his mouth going this game is so good and I went yeah you take it home if you like yeah well don't you yeah because I, I just genuinely I didn't, yeah. didn't like it at all and gameplay wise it's kind of shonky there are I think, major issues with it I think very quickly has yeah. anyone noticed that Brian's been the negative one yeah this week yeah definitely yeah this is my job Brian stop <laughs> taking away from me uh, maybe I just don't like relationships. Uh, Get off my land. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the relationships in Alpha Protocol are a lot more nuanced and... Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I How just... far did you get into it? It felt like a really bad spy novel yeah. plotted by a 12-year-old Tom Clancy yeah, on the, cocaine. The overarching thing, yeah. <laughs> it was insane. Um, and yeah. it was it was ridiculous it was like yeah, gritty gritty spy sim gritty gritty spy sim and then you have a comic book end boss with a jump pack and a rocket launcher yeah the and, ending was shit and yeah. the whole game was just so totally inconsistent <laughs> we haven't said that for a while no we haven't um, it was just so completely off and you had a choice between being Jason Bourne yeah who yeah. is who is a dullard yeah yeah. you could be Jack Bauer who is a psychopathic douche or you could be James Bond who is a sociopathic douche douche douche. so I had I had three varieties of arsehole and I didn't want to stick my tongue in any of them so (laughs) what (laughs) you didn't have to stick to any of those that's the whole point and then I felt like like I was just a horrible manipulative yeah yeah. It, it calls you a manipulative person at the start of the game it says that but you don't have to be that's the thing I quite like about well, it yeah, you spend the game. why would you not it's fun you've got an option <laughs> to explain obviously you've got the three character archetype options in a conversation that Brian talks about so you've got the James Bond suave option I'd be you've Jack got Bauer Jack Bauer <laughs> punch him in the face I'm doing this and you've got the uh, actually no I'd be Bond Jason, uh, Jason Bourne I'm going to do the right thing all the time but a dullard yeah now, every time you talk to somebody, you can choose to interact with them in any of those three ways. Yeah. Some characters will like you to be Jason Bourne. Others yeah. will like you to be James Bond. And the more you interact with them that way, the more they'll like you. You don't have to do that. You can make them fucking hate you if you like. You'll still get bonuses and interactions with them later on. I'm going to be honest, can... this isn't new. No, it's not new, but it's done well. Knights of the, the Old game. Republic did that. Did it, very similar, yes. It had a light side and dark side, and you could actually influence people to the light and dark side, yes. depending on... Yeah. This has more 
depth to it though yeah I mean there's more options available as you interact and talk with people each person three instead of two kind of but you don't have to stick to saying like this character likes me being professional so I'm going to be professional all the time you can differentiate between the three depending yeah. on what you want out of that person and not, not every playing. interaction you have with that person say you're talking to I think it's Westfield which is the main the main chief of uh, the Alpha Protocol system right he likes you to be professional and do, and do the job <laughs> um, he likes you to be professional and do the job all the time so you can talk to him be professional all the time yeah. and he'll really like you you can talk to him be suave and irritating and he hates that yeah. and hate you all the time but not every interaction you have with him is going to want you to be, be either one of those to get a reaction out of him. Sometimes you're going to have to dip and change between it to get him to give you different information. But isn't that changing the personality of your character and then defi- uh, Well, to a certain extent. I mean, if I'm interacting with Brian, I'm not going to sit here and be nice to him all the time. Generally, I am, because he's my friend. I like him. But if he's being a bad I'm not going to be an arsehole to him. <laughs> or if I want to get a reaction out of him for something interesting, I might alter my reaction to something. I might not mean what I say, but I'll alter what I'm saying to elicit a reaction. So you're kind the manipulative person. Yes. But you're a spy, you're supposed to be manipulative, that's kind of the point. Yeah, all right, the plot is, a, is very much a comic book silliness at times. Now, this is coming from... an insult to comic books, I think. It um, was that okay. Is it as bad as MGS5? Worse. Uh, oh, my yeah. God. Right. It, uh, yeah, at times. I'm going to be. It actually on. is very similar to Metal Gear Solid in that it, it yeah. tries to be gritty and realistic, and then it will occasionally just go. And now you're in a world where anything is possible. Ah, look, there's a whale made of fire. Um, <laughs> and then it will go back to being. And now you must sneak into the base. Like I just want a whale made of fire and just squash it on them and kill them. <laughs> Shut up. But it, uh, yeah, ultimate recovery system. I'm read the webpage on that once <laughs> what? the reason yeah. I like it so much is that the um, interactions relationships you have with people are remembered so if you piss somebody off at the wrong moment that'll stick with them like it would do an actual person and they'll interact with you slightly different you come across the CIA at one point you can sneak through and completely yeah. ignore them like it's like they advise you to do we could run and punch a shit out of them in the face but yeah. you'll come across repercussions later in the game for it mm. but you'll get rewarded but it might help you in other respects because you don't want CIA helping you there, so there's, it pisses them off. So there's, no matter what you do, it gives you a bonus and also gives you a negative side to everything. Right. There's there's relationships in that as well, as in like sexy terms, relationships. Yes. Yeah. Um, is that again a case of just saying the right the right thing at the right time to the right person? This lady likes James Bond. She would be all like, uh, hey, James Bond. From what I remember for the most part, yes. Ah, you have got a sad face on Yeah, because <laughs> it's not perfect in that respect. Um, how you interact on missions does alter their attention. You know, if you go around killing everybody, certain of the characters are just not going to associate with you because yeah. you're a psychopath. If you wander around trying not to kill everybody, certain yeah. characters will like you more for that and the yeah. relationships will develop because that. Which, that feels okay. I just, just to tug on that thread a little bit then. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel that... Actually, although yes, it's a game and it's wish fulfillment. Yeah, I think that this idea of having a system where if you do the right thing at exactly the right time, yeah, you can have anyone that you like. Mm-hmm. I think that mirrors some very very dark aspects of real life where there are systems and methods and such like yeah. that men and it is men sadly mm-hmm. um, will use on women. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this idea of say negging, where people will say horrible things to women to try to appear yeah. aloof, and apparently that's meant to make them yeah. like you. You're supposed to say um, something that sounds positive is actually negative. Oh yeah, I've, I've been yeah. accused of that all the time. I keep trying to tell them no, I'm just being horrible. But <laughs> <laughs> you're flirting with me. No, I, I really don't like you. That's what yeah. I keep saying, but um, they don't get it. <laughs> so 
I just I don't like the idea of something that reflects that because I think that's yeah. a very horrible, damaging way to view other human beings. Yes. I don't like it at all, no. um, and I think it's it's actually quite a disgusting way to behave. And I don't I find it uncomfortable when when a, a system in a game comes down to that. Now I'm not sure what else they could do. Yes, necessarily. That's, that's the one. Yeah, I'm a psychology point of view and I'm not a psychology student so I think Aaron is he does yeah. something involving psychology yes, so, yeah, psychology um, is he does ology uh, yes, he does the, all the ologies are the same so it's, it's, it's fine um, God, I wish they were <laughs> most of these relationship building games where you say the right thing at the right time mm-hmm. and, and you get the girl or boy depending on, on what your game yeah. you're playing they're all set in quite stressful circumstances. So Mass Effect, it saves the galaxy mm-hmm. in Alpha Protocol. I'm you're doing something or other with whales that aren't on fire. <laughs> um, but they're all in quite stressful situations. Yeah. Now, in most films in stressful situations, the couples always end up together. Or yeah. the, the, the protagonists, you know, the male and female, always yeah. end up together. Now, in some way that does mirror real life because put two people through joint stressful situations and it does form a bond yes because much they've got a stronger common, common goal or a common enemy it's, it's a it's that bond again there is yeah, something that's connected them the thing is it can be a um if, if i'm right in saying this kind of you can end up with feelings for somebody that don't really exist because of the situations you've shared so you're being chased by pirates on an island you can almost you can end up falling for those people because you've shared that Experience, yes. if I'm right, yeah. Well, I view the games like that. We're running around together, saving the world. Yeah. Nobody else understands the shit we're going through and the people we're losing and the, the harsh decisions we're making. Now, the relationship might not last because you'll get to finally peacetime, which is post game, and go. Oh god, we have nothing. In co- all we have in common is the fact that we once slaughtered a bunch yeah, of people but, together. But going to the inquisitorial keep where you're trying to save the world in something like Dragon Age, yeah. and yeah. giving them the the necklace that you found, and talking to them about their daddy issues, yeah, does, that's not really a stressful situation. No, it does. No. It does fall it, apart like that. I mean, yeah. it works for me in Mass Effect because I always took Liara because her biotic abilities were amazing because all she's got to do is make a black hole and it's hilarious she's just after her for what she can do for you yeah Um, (laughs) terrible terrible excuse for a human being so I always had her in the missions and it was always her talking to me during the missions and I Mm. felt a bond there and I actually really liked Liara there you go I said it I liked some pixels on a screen aren't I proud of myself Um, (laughs) if, if you're playing a game say and he goes, oh, I'll give this person a necklace and you can sleep with them. Like in Skyrim, you can yeah. do, wear, wear the necklace of Mar and then talk to this woman. She might marry you. Yeah. That's just doing it out almost. That sounds creepy to me. Yeah. And I did do it in Skyrim because I married a shop owner because I wanted some money. Yeah. Um, and I felt creepy doing yeah. that. The gamification of relationships, yeah, is, I mean, it's definitely become... An issue. Yeah, I mean, as again, as Colin said, I mean, we, we, I'm saying we must have made connections with those characters and stuff like that, but those characters can't make that connection back, so it's purely selfish. And so that expectation can seep into real life. There is such a thing called, there is a thing called Proteus effect where you uh, take on aspects of the avatar you use. 
which can include a mouse pointer at some times when some of the research I've done before of it. I become the mouse pointer. Yeah. God damn things mouse the mouse pointer is the stuff it interacts with and does in certain well, things. Yeah, but I mean, it's. It, I presume it's the same thing as like watching large quantities of porn. Yeah. You, that ends up influencing yeah. your sexual life later on because yes. you, that, you think that's the norm. Yeah. If that's your only interaction with people. Yeah. There is a huge risk of that being that. Well, I've yeah. got something from this relationship, so why don't you love me back? Yes, I said um, the right give, thing. Well, and I've given you, you these things. Yeah, I've yeah. given you a necklace. Just, why I don't. Love me? I don't know whether it ties into the to the rise of the um, of the nice guy. You know, I'm a nice guy. Why won't she go out with me? Because she's not sexually attracted to you. Yeah, that's life. Get over it. Be yeah. her friend. Yeah. Don't be nice in order to have sex yeah no. be nice just be nice to people yeah. and if it happens it happens oh. and if it doesn't then you've made a friend but you've being got nice is really hard well be a dick to everyone and some people might like that but just be honest in your yeah. you're not doing it for a goal yeah you're doing it because well I like that person it's fun talking yeah. to them and it'll it, be nice it feels like like there's there's people out there that go well I, I hung out with her every every other night for a month and um, I talked to her about her sad daddy issues and I gave her a present why isn't she blowing me? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, because she's not sexually yeah. attracted well, to you, you neckbeard idiot. Yeah. And, I, I, and I, I just, I don't know whether I'm reading too much into games or whether they're a reflection of that or whether it's just a limitation of the system and the limitation of games themselves. For but, me, I'd say that's a limitation of yeah. the system in the same way that characters can only go yay or boo to what you yeah. do is because we don't have the programming or the processing power to deal with those types of consequences AI that um, could react to you and yeah. I, I, I don't I don't get fussed by relationships in a game and having a, a romantic relationship because I don't like that mm. what I quite like is the friendships that develop yeah. I like to see the relationships between other Characters. Has anyone here played Catherine? Yes. Yeah. Because Catherine is a very odd game. Yeah. Because it's part puzzle game. Yeah. Uh, which involves you climbing upstairs, rearranging blocks, and trying to not fall off the bottom of the screen. It's like a sort of. What's it like? Do you remember? Oh, is it Karushi where the cubes used to roll oh, yes. towards you? Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of that, but vertical rather than horizontal. Yeah. Right. It feels like that where you're moving blocks and you're you're positioning and you're trying to climb away from this monster that's trying to eat you in your nightmares. Yeah. The other half of the game is a dating simulator yeah. where you play an idiot who yeah. has a lovely girlfriend but she's pressuring him to settle down and he's a giant overgrown man baby <laughs> and he ends up cheating on her. He cheats on Catherine with a K, with Catherine with a C. Yes. At least it's easy to remember the names, I suppose. Uh, yeah. And it gets very weird. And there's a serial killer murdering people in their in their dreams. There's a bunch of sheep you meet in your dreams that are actually representations of real people, if you pay a yeah. lot of attention. It's very odd, very, very surreal game. Yeah. Um, but you get things like texts in that game. You decide how to, to respond. Yeah. And there's actually, I genuinely felt, morally compromised playing that game I felt really uncomfortable being this horrible guy yes there's things that he does that are sort of out of your control because he drinks too much and he's hanging out with his mates and yeah then there's things where you start to lose control and it's Catherine's fault not Catherine's fault but Catherine's fault and <laughs> yeah and it's I, I found that quite interesting yes I really enjoyed that because it yes puts you in that 
you're an awful human being position, but doesn't praise it. Which I, I you know, I quite liked. I thought it was yeah. it was interesting. Yeah. It was it was very much involved and focused on their relationship, and it was quite complex. It wasn't if you say yes three times, then it's all fine because yeah. you then the character would push back because he doesn't want to do that, and you yeah. get you'd get him in the cutscenes and such like not being happy with him, with the choices but if you made him happy he was inherently a dickhead yes um, <laughs> and it was it was it was interesting to play i thought it was a bit more nuanced obviously it still comes down to a sequence of the right button presses in yeah, the yeah. right place it but flows a bit better it was much more organic yeah how yeah. much of the game does that kind of part take up Probably about a third of the game. Yeah. The other two thirds is the puzzles. Because the, the reason I, I, I asked well, they how, cross how over much, slightly. Yeah, yeah I mean the it. reason I asked how much that takes is going back to Mass Effect. Yes, we could put you well Ubisoft, Bioware. Sorry, yeah. everybody. EA Bioware. <laughs> Bioware could have put in that kind of level of, of relationship complexity where you've got text messages and a drug character and doing the right thing and doing the, the wrong thing and have it flow a bit more. But you'd probably have to lose about a third of the actual shooting, boom, explosion gameplay, which is what you're yeah. really there for. Mm-hmm. And until An action we... game with relationships tacked on, so yes. they're underdeveloped yeah. and inherently yes. unsatisfying, until... if that's what you're looking for. I would, yeah. would say maybe... From a friendship standpoint, yeah. they kind of work. Oh, I mean, I very I mean, much like Garrus. Yes, he was, yeah, Garrus, he was, was. Garrus was amazing. See, I always wanted to stroke his like weird whiskery tendril things because I yeah. always wondered what they felt like. The last conversation, <laughs> the, the, the last conversation you have before the third game, where essentially he goes, "Right, if we're all going to die, I'll meet you at the bar." Was yeah. bloody heartbreaking, and I sat there going. Oh, yeah. somebody either somebody's going to die or this game's going to end and either way I'm sad I suppose we've talked quite a bit about romantic relationships um, one thing I have noticed friendships too. Friendships a bit of friendship too. one thing I've noticed is um, other relationships coming into games you've got sibling relationships mm-hmm. being explored um, I'm thinking of Gone Home Yeah, and you've also got the rise of the dad simulator um, this is like the octopus game where Octodad. No, no. Um, I'm thinking of The Last of Us and Bioshock oh, yeah. Infinite, uh, yeah. very, very specifically. Yeah. Uh, in that you play a father figure yeah. to a young girl, mm-hmm. and that seems to be a rising trend in games, possibly because awesome. the people making them or the people consuming them uh, are aging. Yeah. Um, I'm never going to have kids, so I found that quite an interesting thing to explore through gaming. Yeah. Uh, I don't have siblings and feel thankful for that every day when you guys tell me <laughs> all about the terrible things that they've uh, that they've done um, and how difficult it was growing up. <laughs> I had all of my parents' love and that's why I'm addicted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, um, I just found those quite interesting because hmm. they're relationships that I'm not going to have yet I can still explore through the medium of games yeah. which I found quite well, interesting I think my relationship with towards other people a blue lady in space is something I'm not going to have well when we finally meet blue people in space you'll be very empathetic towards them and understand them <sighs> probably not that's a persona I'm not very good in real life I wasn't listening I was just looking at the boat <laughs> if they were if they were cynical grumpy blue people in space you might you might become their king <laughs> I'd love a cynical blue planet somewhere. 
Yes, siblings in games. That's yeah. I'm, I'm thinking specifically of Gone Home. I yeah. also, I mean, I, I, again, just just sort of brainstorming this earlier. I remember the relationship in Baldur's Gate Two between the main character and Imowin. Oh yeah, being very sort of a sibling relationship. Mm. You were raised together in this place called Candlekeep. Uh, you left together, and then you kind of fight on together, and you're kind of the same age. Yeah. Um, and she does turn out to be vaguely related to you. Hmm. Uh, she's a half sister, but through your father, that's a god. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So she is your sister. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I absolutely—you could kick her out the party if you really wanted to. Yeah. Um, but I absolutely adored him. And she's my favourite character in the the whole series, Bar Minsk and Boo. <laughs> and the love that giant tattooed man has for his tiny hamster friend <laughs> um, is one that will never be uh, never be equaled in gaming. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed that particular relationship yeah um, and you've got some dialogues and similar in there and actually in Baldur's Gate 2 where they, they take her away from you uh, for a large chunk of the game yeah I remember now yeah really annoyed me mm. then you got her back and she was a mage thief and she was useless hmm. <laughs> but I still kept her yeah because she um, was sister yeah. yeah and I ended up with a really horribly unbalanced party in Baldur's Gate 2 because I kept all the characters I liked right yeah <laughs> um, yeah and I never yeah. completed it because. <laughs> and actually, um, again, just thinking of that, just there's two characters in that game that experience quite heavy losses. You've got Jahira, who yeah. loses her husband, and you've oh, got yeah. Minsk, who loses. She's not his lover, uh, but she is his. She's a she's a magic user on a quest. Yeah, and he is sworn to protect her, and he adores her, and will do anything for her. Yeah, and she is killed by the bad guy. No. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I found there again quite a mature, more sensitive. I mean, that's a seventeen-year-old game, but yeah, much more nuanced interpretation and, and, and exploration of those kind of themes. Yeah, I'm just waffling at you, aren't I? No, no, no I mean, it's interesting. I'm just trying to think why that hasn't been replicated so much recently. I mean, like you said, you've got Gone Home and stuff, which is gone essentially ho- about those relationships. Gone, gone Home is all about family. Yeah. And it's all about the secrets that lie within families. Yeah. I remember talking to you about the secret in the basement that you yeah, missed. Yeah, I, I didn't completely missed, and then and went com- and went... Completely oh. colours your perception. Yeah. Because um, I, I played Gone Home hating the dad, because he seemed like this distant... Yeah. self-obsessed narcissistic fool yeah. who's dragged his family across the country because he got a free house and kind of upturned their lives and has caused loads of problems for his kids and he seemed a bit of a, an idiot and then you find out kind of what, what's driving him yeah. and it's, it's, it is almost I found it very uncomfortable yes um, yeah, definitely. I had a lot of sympathy for him yeah do I, do I spoil it? I don't okay yeah. Well, without spoilers, because Gone Home's been out a little while, and yeah. it's purely story-based, so... If you're not yeah, I mean, this is the thing, as I when you spoil a plot point in Fallout 4, it's not about the plot. No. When you spoil a plot point in a story game, and it's about the story, Yeah, so it does does affect the game. But you find out that there's lots of heavy, heavy clues that suggest the guy who left him the house is his uncle, who abused him when he was a child. Well, that took a dark turn. Yeah. Very dark. Very, very dark. And the rest of the game isn't quite that dark. It's not happy, happy well, all the time. I but felt... Because not... I found that fairly quickly. Yeah. And it coloured my perception because you're hunting for your sister who is yeah. missing. That's the, the plot. Of the, you're, you come home. Yeah. Your parents aren't there. Yeah. 
but your sister isn't there either and you don't know where she's gone and there's yeah. a cryptic note that says I'm really sorry and you're like what the hell has happened to her and it, it has the atmosphere and feel for me of a horror game yeah, up yeah. until you find out what happens and it, it, it has a neat reversal yes. but yeah knowing that had happened in the family then it, it, it really sort of coloured my perceptions yeah. and I was thinking the worst all the way through and actually he's not a bad father and he is a he, no, he's, he's a he's a man with a a terrible past and a lot of burdens. Yeah, and I felt a bit guilty for kind of judging him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. After I found that, I yeah. was like, Ooh, okay, fair and enough. Actually, he's trying to do what he can to yeah. move past it. He's trying to do what he can for the best of his yeah. family, but he's but his whole past is coloured by that. Yeah, can't but your, move around it. your character would never know these things had happened, and you no, I mean you, you nose around in your sister's diary, and you look at her photos, and you read her secret thoughts and you listen to a band's music yeah and you find out your mum might be considering an affair yeah and you find all these things that you wouldn't know otherwise and I thought it was quite a, a, a really interesting way of saying how much do you really know about the people in your life how yeah. much of them do you know really know what's sweet under- bugger all mostly yeah especially yeah. about family yeah um, yeah, so I found that I found that really interesting, and it yeah. wasn't. There were no choices in that game. No, no, it's just sense. I have exploration. bits of it. It's just wandering around and yeah, yeah but it's stuff. it gives you clues and it lets you put ideas together and it lets you leap and make your own judgments. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, have you confront your father and he goes, "Yes, it happened." It's like it's left up to you, um, and I like that because that's how we interpret people. Yes, we can't get inside someone else's head. No. And even with writing and art, we might think that brings us closer to people, but actually that's the version of them they choose to project through their art, yes. consciously or subconsciously. And this, it just, I, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. I did feel like a dirty voyeuristic perv on several occasions. Yeah, yeah. Um, See, I like, I like the sound of that. That, that sounds interesting yeah, to play. It's all, all yeah. about, it's just all about family. The other it's game you mentioned, though, what a pile of crap. Can't remember what it's called. Last of Us. That's the one. I loved The Last of Us. It was amazing. Pile of wankity wankity spunk. Work. I actually, I, I actually dropped the controller at the ending of that game because mm. it, it shook me so much. Yeah. Oh, I turned the game off shortly after the beginning. Yeah. Well, Why oh, is my that? daughter's dead. Don't care. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I went. Fuck. That was quite harsh. No, didn't care. No. Didn't care at all. No, I, that was, I thought that was well. Well, I found can... that really shocking. Yeah. I, Okay, could be that was quite with shocking. With that character in that brief amount of time you get. I, I think yeah, it's because yeah. I'm just a dick. Just but a dick he he picks, up, picks up this girl to, you know, as, as a replacement for his daughter yeah. and to survive the apocalypse with. I just wouldn't do that because they're a waste of resources. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in, in an apocalypse, kids are the first thing to go. Yeah. Um, but apologies to the world for saying that's, that. That's, that's kind of ironic because obviously in, in societies up until very recently, your kids were your future because yeah. there was no p- pension, there was no safety net. So unless you reproduced and actually, you know, grew some of the buggers up into adulthood without them getting killed by plague, cholera, <laughs> the guys who live over the hill that dress slightly differently and have weird accents, yeah. um, unless you manage that, you'd get to old age, which is probably about twenty-seven, and you're you lucky. You'd yeah. just you'd just be killed or yeah. you'd die, and there'd be no one to look after. You wouldn't be able to pull your weight. You'd become a burden. Yes. You'd be killed off by evil proto-Collins from the past. <laughs> so, I think it's quite interesting that you take that viewpoint. Yeah. Really, what you want to be doing is getting as many of the 
orphaned, homeless, lost children as possible and training them up to think of you as some kind of heroic father figure stroke god and creating some form of giant uh, army. that's how a cult starts. Yes. In the last verse. <laughs> <laughs> bring it back to the game you were talking about originally because I feel quite sad inside. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> if you have kids with? and the world ends, don't leave your daughter with you. Use them as firewood. I just... <laughs> Remember when we assigned alignments to everyone and you gave Colin a nice alignment? Yeah, I did, didn't yeah. I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to change that? Yeah, So I go back and edit that. Just one last thing then. Um, I'd say that the... We could all do this. The video game character or the board... We didn't really touch on board games, well, but they're, they're different. Yeah. Well, we'll come to them we, we've, we covered this before with board games that... <laughs> It's, it's almost impossible in because the... it's people there in front of you. Yeah, yeah. unless it includes role playing elements, yeah. which then become a role a role play. Yeah, um, yeah, the the just to, to say the video game character I felt most attached to um, was a great big kind of doggy cat thing. Yeah, uh, called Red Thirteen from uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, who you find as a medical experimental subject. He's he can talk. No one seems to be that fast. Oh, they kind of go. Oh, you can talk. And he goes, yes, yes, I can. And that's it. On, yeah. um, you get locked up as well, mm. and you break out with the bad guys with him, and he just kind of tags along. Yeah. Mm. And he is just so wonderful. Yeah. Um, he's adorable. He has a really amazing sort of side quest that sort of tucks in with the main quest, where you go back home, uh, you explore his relationship with his ancestors. Uh, you find his dad's been turned to crystal, saving the village. Um, you look like you're going to cry. Yeah, genuinely. <laughs> one of the few moments in gaming where I've actually cried at something. The yeah. music for that scene, the build-up to it, the difficulty of getting just to see that, absolutely yeah. broke me as a child. I yeah. saw that and I wept. <laughs> genuinely wept. Yeah, and I think it was because... He was kind of a little bit, not childish, because he was quite wise, yeah. but he had a little bit of that wide-eyed innocence and he was he was a bit like a child and he had this relationship with his father, yeah. um, which obviously as a kid is important to you. Um, seeing that kind of taken away from him and the heartbreak of it was quite upsetting. Yeah. The ending of Final Fantasy, because his race is quite long-lived. Yes, the ending of Final Fantasy 7 takes place many years later and it's just him and his young puppies running along um, and then looking out over the ruins of the old civilization that you've helped to bring down and that was actually a genuinely heartbreaking moment for me when I saw that at the end because he was my favourite character in the whole game and I played that game probably two, three hundred hours and he's in it from about hour ten yeah, he's not there right at the beginning, but you get him, do get him quite early yeah. on before the game becomes sort of open world. Yeah, um, and yeah, I found that I, I thought that was an absolutely wonderful way because it, mm. it it showed that he was finally happy. You know nothing about the rest of the characters, no. but seeing him happy with his little family just made you feel everything's right. Everyone else must have been happy too. Yeah, it's my favorite my favorite sort yeah. of relationship within a game. And he's just a friend to the main character. There's no love interest or anything there because that would be bestiality and that would be a bit weird even (laughs) for a Japanese role-playing game. That's true. What about you, Colin? My favourite... I love Liara because she's blue. (laughs) No, no, it it is a friend character. Okay. Uh, A male friend character um, from Dragon Age Origins, Stern. 
um, who is found in the first village of something, 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 generic number A. Yep. Yeah. Uh, locked in a cage for crimes unknown. Um, I let him out. He was like, you look hard. Come with me. Um, across his story, you, you learn that the reason he's in the cage is he got woken up. He, he woke up in a barn, badly wounded. Um, a family had taken him in to patch him up, and he murdered them because his sword was missing. He felt quite bad about murdering them all, but he kind of woke up and went, my ancestral sword is gone, and started breaking some necks, uh, and then kind of came out of his blood rage and went, oops, I think they were just <laughs> trying to patch me up, not they didn't take my sword from me. Yeah. My, my bad. Um but there's a little bit not redempt. I wouldn't say he redeems himself, but you can get his sword back, which cheers him up. Um, <laughs> it's always good to keep the murderers happy, Colin. Exactly. But I really liked his character because it was it was just the way he he spoke and almost his his love of dying and battle. And um, my favourite line from him is when you get back the sword. Yeah. Um, he, he thanks whoever your character is, whatever whatever you've named your character, and then goes when my people invade because he was from the northern lands or something. He was a barbarian race, essentially. Um, But he goes, when my people invade and we slaughter your people and destroy your cities, I will not look for you on the battlefield. (laughs) And that genuinely touched me. I I have a friend. This is a guy, yes, we're going to go to the battlefield. We're going to be fighting one another as enemies and you're not going to look for me. This is is a friendship moment. (laughs) And I really like that. Okay, cool. In a... Slightly psychopathic way, but yeah, that was touching, Colin. Uh, <laughs> I felt it. It didn't make me cry. I'm going to admit, but I, I did kind of go. You're the kind of character I'd quite happily follow around with. There are tears streaming down my face, but they're tears of fear. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So that's us. We've we've talked round the the issues of um, relating to relationships in video games, role playing games. If you've got anything to add. Uh, you'd like to, to mention anything if you think we've gone completely down the wrong path we'd like to tell Colin that he's a heartless evil man <laughs> uh, press uh, X to love me <laughs> <laughs> um, then please feel free to leave a message uh, leave a like you can follow our SoundCloud or you can subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, where you can also find some of our gaming videos Yeah, um, we've been looking at some retro games recently uh, which you might enjoy if you're into that kind of thing yeah Uh, So thank you very much for listening. I've been Brian. I've been Aaron. And I've been Colin. And until next time, bye. Bye. Bye.